You're listening to a Time Machine podcast. Old movie Time Machine. An adventure through time and or space. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Old Movie Time Machine. That's right, this is the show in which we use color motion picture films made in the United States of America as windows into the past. Now, what what are we talking about here? These windows. You can see through them into a world beyond the window. We throw them open and we climb through and enter the world beyond the window, where we experience not only the world, but also the people who inhabit that world. And while we're on our adventure, we're going to be asking ourselves some critical questions, such as all these people I just referenced. Who are they? Who are these people? What are their habits? How are they treating each other? This is always critical. What decisions are they making and why are they making them? And of course, and arguably the most important part, which is uh, what are they wearing and what do their living rooms look like? And then at the end of the show, we come back through the window, through modern times, And we ask ourselves the final, vital, ultimate, critical question on behalf of all of you living here in the early 21st century, which is, hey, you guys, this movie that we just walked around in in the world beyond the window. uh, That's right. Yeah, the one we just watched. We just talked about it for like an hour, uh, hour and a half, uh, two hours if you're on the Patreon. Do we keep watching this thing? Is this thing worthy of our time? Do we keep investing more minutes and seconds into the bank account that is this movie? Or is it a black pit of despair uh, where we're throwing things to uh, be incinerated, never to be heard from again? We will find out. I'm your host, by the way, through time and or space, Justin Zappa, joined as ever by my incredible, infallible panel of international experts at being human in the early 21st century starting on my right we are back at her place we call it the cat corner her name is Catherine sherlock hi Catherine. hello welcome back to the program lovely to see you yeah it's uh, good to have you here <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah keep practicing yeah and <laughs> to your right somewhere is a little kitty cat named solon who has triangular cat ear shaped headphones and is listening to all of this and judging it uh, most likely if i know a cat and then to Solon's right paw, the one and only Shrishma Nike. Hey, Shrishi Boo, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Nice to hear from you again. It's nice to hear from you too, Justin. <laughs> again, I almost believe it. Keep practicing, ladies. Keep practicing. To your right and across the ocean, my sister and yours, the one and only Carolyn Nowrose. Hi, sis. Hey there. Welcome back to the program. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. It is so critical that we have... A uh, pretty full table today, mm. you guys, because we are talking about an important theme. Number one, let's not forget our theme, right? It is April, which means, guys, show business. That's showbiz. We got our garters and we're putting them on, and we're taking them off. Next movie, please. Yeah, right. Yoink. Do That's I even right. want to we, ask about next month? Do I even want to know? I think, well, for me personally, it gets better from here. <laughs> it's blooms of June. No, 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 come on. <laughs> the favorals of April. It's still my favorite. <laughs> Whatever a favorite is, 
It's a mix of favorite and April. Okay, all right. Okay. The favorite Aprils of April. I love right. it. Okay, so this time it's it's still showbiz, you guys. That's Hollywood, and actually, it's a whole lot more. It's actually that's New York City. That's Forty Second and Ninth. That's burlesque slash. That's girlesque. That's right. We're talking about 1952's She's Working Her Way Through College, <laughs> starring Ronald Reagan. <laughs> became the president. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, how? <laughs> so this is a, a Warner Brothers picture. Musical direction. Here's a, a key thing. Now we're so much smarter now, having watched It's a Great Feeling with Doris Day. Uh, musical direction for this motion picture, Ray Heindorf. We know what he looks like. We saw him in that movie. Oh, he was the one who God. didn't have time for anything. That I'm very busy. Terrible. Where do we start, guys? Where does every movie from this era start? With the garters. And, and oh, I was going to say New York City, but oh. but <laughs> sure, yeah, the garters help. Hot um, garters, Gertie. Hot garters, Gertie. We are on the corner of 42nd Street and Ninth Avenue, and we are at the burlesque show starring Hot Garters Gertie. The hottest garter, there she is. Now this is hot garters girder girt. Oh, hot guard. I, hot garters girt. Uh-huh. Hot, hot garters girty. Hot garters girty. Her real name is Angela Gardner. That's all I wanted to say. Hot garter girty. There she is. Okay, Grogu. Can I just sum up? This number for us real quick here. So yeah, sure. So that we don't have okay. to spend any time talking about mm-hmm. it. That'd be yeah. great. So obviously this is like the musical review portion of the burlesque show, which would have had, as we see, like the two sort of um, uh, Charlie These Chaplin two? hobo-esque. No, uh, the gentleman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hobo. Right, like, yes. What's the point you know, of that? Well, <clears throat> because burlesque, as we know it, is more of a strip tease. It's something that was really only happening in this time period. Burlesque as a form of theater was something that like – Historically speaking, like even Victorian era, it was just a lot more like making fun of things, like little skits, little acts with maybe some singing and dancing. The whole like mm-hmm. taking off your clothes part kind of comes more in the 20th century. Mm-hmm. As as we know it. Along um, with the ping pong ball trick. Right. Oh. Right. Sorry. Right. Um, but I just Heather want to it. comment as a dancer. I'm sorry. Virginia Mayo is the name of the, the actress here. Yes. Okay. White like mayonnaise, Virginia Mayo. Right. You know, yeah. she is a fine dancer. I would not say she's amazing. Um, I think she does her own singing. I mean, but she has a nice form. She looks, I think it's just the way her hair is done. She does not look like an ingenue. She does like, for whatever reason, exude a little bit more of a senior knowing woman, not senior in a, you know, a a more mature woman vibe. Yeah, yeah. She's been around the block. Yeah. Right. But the rest of these like backup dancers were awful. Like they must have rehearsed <laughs> this for like five minutes and then shoved them out in front of the camera because they are not on the same foot. Their legs are doing different things. Like I can't even tell you. I was just like, who who choreographed this and who let it be put on celluloid? Because this is not a tight dance number. And these dancers suck. If you are wise, Head choreographer, you making cuts? Oh my god, yeah. Would would it have even gotten to this point where we're actually uh, selling out seats here and all this, or would would you have? Spotted I would this have probably kept like 
two or three of these dancers, or I would have just said, you know what, if you, whatever your name is back there, can't figure out what foot you're supposed to be standing on or what arm you're supposed to be raising, like you're gone. I would have cut so many people from this number so quickly because they obviously can't remember choreography. I'd be like, this is a dream factory. So- it's not dreamlike when you're fucking off. Now I know why Gene Kelly was mad all the time. Not my tempo. <laughs> no, no. You're dragging. You're pushing. You're dragging. I mean, as much, as much as a lot of male choreographers are said, and even female choreographers said to be extremely tough, that's why, because you are watching people and you're like, this is your actual job yeah. is to dance well, and you're not. Mm-hmm. So just saying. They got I really to love dance the badly. idea. One of my favorite part of this entire scenario you've just painted is the fact that you don't know what her name in the back row is and you don't care. Either. I don't give a I fuck. Love, I want I her out of my studio. Like, whoever you are, yeah, you can go. <laughs> now, is oh, it, are I we talking? Made people cry. Are we talking about double cone heads or are we talking about money bags over here? I don't here? know. It was so many of them, but yeah, double okay. cone head. She can go. Um, I don't know. I'd have to watch that whole number again. And if These we want to do, if we want to do that Jesus. at some point and I can just tell you which ones I'm cutting, we can do that. There's nothing provocative about this. Uh, I mean, I guess like other than the fact that she is a woman with a presumably female body. Uh, otherwise, I, I don't know what, what are we doing here? But they're selling out. You guys, this mm. place is booming, right? Right. Filled with a bunch of pervy white gentlemen wearing gray suits, clapping to beat the band joined by one, Mr. Professor John Palmer, who has himself a little bit of a cold. He's got a stuffy nose. He's doing some sneezing. He's really having a rough time carrying his big old box and his, his jacket and all this. I got to go watch the burlesque show. And he is played by Ronald Reagan, of course. So really, I should have been doing a, well, well, I got to go watch the burlesque show, mom, mommy. But it's hard to do it without the sneeze, like the, the stuffy nose. I'll keep working on it, you guys. I know you want it. As someone who partially watched this movie, yeah. uh, what was he doing at this burlesque um, show with a cold? It's a great question. He it was doing some research, I believe, oh. because he's a professor. He's a scholarly man. Now, in 1949's It's a Great Feeling, I always pause before I say that title because I cannot remember that title because it wasn't. It right. wasn't a great feeling. It was not. They just feel very much bad. So it's a great feeling, though. 1949, Ron Reagan is a is a real tan, know-it-all, mm. kind of buff, fancy man making fun of Dennis and Jack. I think that was their names. Um, and here, uh, three years later, he's a, he's a much fussier, much more middle-aged man in brown suits, uh, concerned with his sneezing and um, the... Yeah, the history of burlesque. I don't. I don't know what to say. I mean, he's there. okay. Yeah. All right. Let's leave it at that. Well, so it just so happens. Mm. I mean, he just he was in town. He had to stop. Do you know? Pick up something. Get for the wife. And do the research. And got to go do that. Yeah. Right. That's what we're all talking about. Research. Yeah. You got to go see <laughs> what the is science. the state of things. Collect the data. Right. Data-driven mm. decisions. That's what we're all about here on Old Movie Time Machine. <laughs> Data-driven burlesque decisions. Mark it down. <laughs> so anyway, he does not recognize Hot Gardner's Gertie slash Angela Gardner, but he should because it turns out that she, she recognizes was, him. Yes, she was his student 
when he was teaching high school at Lexington High, of course. Go Lex. Uh, and they've not seen each other for several years. We're led to believe at this point, but uh, he is so surprised to see her. And she uh, invites him back, I believe. Yep. She invites um, him backstage. This is where we find out that the box he's holding contains a fur, a mink yes. for his wife. And they catch up and she gives us the whole scenario of like, this is my last show because I've been saving for college and I've been writing a screenplay, not a screenplay, a theater, a musical theater play. A play. Yeah. Major, major plot mover, fur coats. Again, not unlike college at this era, fur coats have a different meaning and weight to them at this point in time. But she also gets a fur coat from somebody later and misinterprets it as the same fur coat that belonged to Professor Palmer. So she's like, oh, this old idiot. Like, he, we got him real drunk on this cough medicine. That's a scene, by the way. Um, we got him real fucked up on this coating juice. And now he thinks he's in love with me and he's going to give me a fur coat. And that's crazy. So I, and it, the fur coat comes with a note that says, meet me at this room, at this hotel, at this time, and we'll be together forever or you know, something like that. And so she goes, uh, totally oh, expecting. We'll discuss your future. We'll discuss your future career. Yeah. Of who knows So there what were that mul- multiple yes. hits yes. where she mistakenly re- believes it's yes. the professor. Now she goes to the place and it turns out to be another just average, bland, mid century white man uh, in a different type of bland suit. Uh, he tries to do the old, uh, boy, it looks like it's the wrong size. Why don't you leave it with me and then we'll get together later and I'll give you the right size. Which she has heard before because she is Hot Garter's Gertie, of course. Mm-hmm. So she's like, fuck you. And she takes off uh, with with the coat, in fact. Oh, this was her last show at the burlesque place because she is, as the movie promises, the title. Uh, she's going to college. And so she does now, having had this weird um, little detour. Well, not even detour, but odd start in the big old city uh, with with perverts and nice men alike. Here's the world of Angela Gardner. And here's the new world of Angela Gardner. Midwest State College is what it's called officially. And look, this is a clearly a soundstage, but they, they got close. <laughs> it almost looks like outside. The interesting Catherine's thing, like, yes, it's skeptical. a soundstage, but they clearly were just like, well, we'll just make it look like UCLA. Is that what they did? I've never been, so I, I don't know. But yeah, that uh, looks like this UCLA. looks like average big old campus. Co- like, or like it just looks like. The diorama version of a campus college. It looks, they could have gotten away with it the way it's set up, but everything needs to be like five times bigger. Okay. So right in the center of the screen, do you see the guy with the yellow sweater? This guy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I just want to say you can tell it's a musical just by that pose. By just the fact that he's all like, like jaunty, jaunty, like, like yeah. jaunty. Oh, oh, they're gonna start singing. <laughs> Over exaggerated everything. Right. Ready to dance and sing, exaggerate everything. And all these people <laughs> will be singing and dancing through the town as she joins. Oh, real quick, we, we did blow by the representation watch, but there is a woman named Maybel who mm-hmm. h- helps mm. uh, yeah. Angela backstage and is a, is a very good sport through all of her white people nonsense. Uh, and, and she gives the professor the triple dose of the codeine cough syrup that gets him fucked up. And then we go back with Palmer to his house uh, slash soundstage home. 
and it's just a typical from the era. I mean, it's borderline Hilda Crane's house, honestly. <laughs> so I if thought it, as soon as they walked in, I was like, oh, different we're back studio. At but it is the I mean, a very similar setup of like the two wings coming off of the foyer area and all this. And he lives here. He they he and his wife Helen rent this place through the university. So he's there's a, a strain of insecurity that runs through as we're about to see here, John's life. Um, and we see them, they start preparing the room because they have a new student who's going to be boarding with them. It turns out it's Hot Gardner's Gertie, of course. Surprise, surprise. It is a film. Uh, but they are preparing the room for her eventual arrival um, because, again, they have a hard time making ends meet, so they need to rent out a room. And while they are changing the bed linens, they look at a signed picture of their friend Shep Slade, who was the the football star at the university back in the day. And it's somebody that Helen very well could have married, uh, but she did not. She chose John slash Ron and she is living with that choice, but he is very insecure about this. And it's just like, well, why didn't you just go marry Shep? And she's like, well, that's that ship has sailed. Unfortunately, maybe I would, but that, sh- that ship is gone. Sorry. Also, Shep is a big shot, big businessman now, too. And so he's just like loaded with money. So not only does he have athletic prowess and a fun reputation, but he's also loaded. So this is a real nightmare for John Palmer. Guys, the whole campus is so excited that a, a woman, a burlesque performer, they don't know she's a burlesque performer yet, of course, but a woman as beautiful and worldly as Angela Gardner should join them that they feel compelled to sing and dance her all the way to the boarding house. And this is where we get our title track about how she's working her way through college. to get a lot of knowledge that she'll never use again or something like this. And we're all laughing because <laughs> all the money we is spend. Is that supposed this. to be funny? Yeah. Like, cause she's never going to use it. I don't think it's, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying about the fact that she'll never need again because somebody's going to sweep her up and trophy wife her. Right. Mm. I think it's more of a matter of, like, Oh, school, what am I going to learn from you anyway? I, my, I got my education out in the streets. You know, you know, that's how I learned to get by. What do I need to know gravity for? Fucking gravity. Okay. So either way, it's a shit sandwich. It's, yeah. Uh, in, <laughs> Whichever in, way you slice that. In that scenario, it's I'm just setting my money on fire and spending time living at this place. She was just trying not to go into student loan debt. Okay. It's smart. I would have gone to burlesque had I known that that was an option. To avoid student loan debt. Still waiting, yeah. Joe. Mr. President, still waiting. Get rid of that debt anytime now. Anyway, so they sing them all the way over to the Palmer house. And it's very clear to Helen that Angela and John know each other from somewhere. And he admits to, well, yes, uh, actually, she was a former student. It's been quite some time. And uh, he totally dodges the burlesque angle. So at this point... She's moved in and she chases him down on campus to ask again about the play. And now he has read it at this point. She is living in his house. So I guess that probably really lit a fire for him to to burn through that play. He likes it, but um, he's like, you know what? You need some tunes in this play. Let's make it a musical. At which point I turn the television off and throw the television out the window. So he likes what she's doing, but like... Put some music into it. And this, this thing will really blow up. And then they look over to see a bunch of football players. And he gets very morose about this. Because, again, we know that he is a bit insecure about his station in life. 
as a measly university professor? I mean, there are worse things, John, Ron. Uh, Anyway, he's very sad that the football team gets all the attention at the college and not his incredible history of burlesque scores, which, you know, should have them flocking to it. This of course is a tale as old as time. This happens today with the NCAA and all this, like, you know, the, the programs that make the most money, get the most attention and so on and so forth. Uh, I don't think that will ever end. I, I think the thing that I did sort of slightly respect this for is the fact that they didn't try and play the, older man professor younger beautiful student yeah not at romance all really. angle no because i was thinking is that coming here and actually no he was like very loyal to his wife yes he is actually i was thinking man. it was a missed opportunity for the same point where i was like well why wouldn't his wife run off with shep the mm, former football mm. player and then he and angela will end up together well, i mean maybe in your remake script maybe that's what happens <laughs> i'm kidding your, bo- your bollywood no remake. but i agree with Catherine though of like it was actually it made it more endearing that they yeah. didn't go what i was expecting like a very traditional yeah. route yes exactly and it would have been that would have been the easy route absolutely yes so no imbalance of power Mm-mm. no uh emergency pregnancies uh no heist to think of i mean so definitely this does not fall into the noirs of march i mean this is pure showbiz and yeah they didn't really the the darkness isn't here so much it is really just a lot of gay tunes as ron calls them in the movie <laughs> um so also they get into a conversation about, well, why don't we do a musical for the big school production? And traditionally, as John Palmer explains, well, I mean, Midwest State College, very specifically named university, they were, you know, they got their endowment from a very conservative group. So we're in the Midwest again, a little bit more conservative than the coast per usual. And uh, guys, we got to do Shakespeare if we're going to do any theater. I mean, there are hardly any spangly pasties swinging around in a Shakespeare production that I'm aware of anyway. Because a Midwestern accent is the best accent for Shakespeare, right? (laughs) What light through yonder window breaks? Tis the East, eh? (laughs) Juliet, she's over in the West. See you later. Take off, I mean, I'm just saying. Okay. And in the classroom, it is announced that they will be doing a musical instead of Shakespeare. This is the reaction shot. I did want to point out the fact that not everybody is happy. Because, again, this was a close vote of, I believe, 17 to 19, something like that. But this young woman back here, she wanted to do Shakespeare. She is so sad. (laughs) And then I noticed earlier that uh, these two back here, they're like, no way. No. No. But that jumper he's wearing, he's clearly into musicals. He's, he doesn't know it yet, oh, though, yeah. Catherine. Okay. This, they're about he hasn't to in- awoken to that They're fact. about to invent the musical, the college musical. And she back here, she's happy. She's happy that everybody else is happy, uh, or the people who are happy are happy. But this guy, yeah. Catherine, you're absolutely right. This guy does not know how, how awesome this vote has turned out for him and his, his life, his future. But he's going to, he'll he's discover. He's on a journey, that guy. Anyway, everybody's very happy about it. Here's Ivy trying to get a handshake from Don, but he goes back to Angela back here, and it's uh, it's a pretty sick burn. So, <laughs> anyway, this is Shep Slade, our football mm. hero, who has returned for the big game against Michigan. The rival. Send him back to Ann Arbor. 
those Wolverines, lousy Wolverines. The Midwestern State College fighting football players are going to really take it to you. I don't know what they're called. Uh, red, white, and blue seem to be the school colors, though. Anyway, he people love old washed-up football players. We all know this. And so here we are parading him Why? again through the back lot at Warner Brothers. <laughs> like... I don't understand I don't know. why. You know, I don't know. But they they stop right outside the Palmer House, of course. And there's going to be a big... All of this is leading up to a pep rally. And so, of course, John and Helen are supposed to be there as well. Because, again, the whole school unites behind the football team. And he just... Palmer grinds his teeth as he thinks about it and thinks about all the fabulous burlesque shows he could be putting on. Uh, you know, they could be doing two, three a season, you guys, if they didn't spend so much money on this football. But alas, here we are. So they are hosting a party. Didn't want to take a look at how we're putting together drinks. I believe these are supposed to be martinis, if I'm not mistaken. But, I mean, you you basically pour everything into a big old glass goblet or crystal goblet here, and then you pour it into subsequently smaller goblets for everybody to enjoy. But you definitely set up an entire station devoted to martinis, pitcher martinis. So that's what we have here. Could we call this film maybe the first of its its kind to really talk honestly about um, our higher education system and where the money is spent? It's possible. I mean, uh, this would be, to my working knowledge, this would be chronologically the first reference of, isn't it interesting that the sports program gets way more funding than the arts program, for example? Um, so I'm fine planting that flag here until we see otherwise. I, don't, I mean, I didn't even realize this was spoken about back then. I mean, I, I'm just, I feel like. You know, there's, there are many issues with higher education, uh, including the top-heavy administration that even this movie kind of showcases. Yes, because Shep Slade is ushered into this pre-pep rally house party by a guy named Fred Copeland, who is in charge of, I believe, the athletics department, but also appears to be the president of the planet Earth, too. Like, when you finally get into his office... There's nothing sporty about Fred Copeland. He is just another blah white man of middle and indistinct middle age. Another blah white man with a fur coat. Mm, doesn't he though? He is so blah though, Carolyn, that I'm not even kidding you. Like when that punchline finally lands and spoiler alert, I was like, oh, is that the same guy? Mm -hmm. This movie is not that long. I mean, again, it's not three hours. It's an hour and 40. So the fact that I have seen this man in between those two and it never connected them as being the same person says that I was very drunk. No, I don't, I don't know what that says, but uh, I'm going to chalk it up to everybody looks the fucking same. That's what it says to me. So here's the deal. Shep, the football star, and Fred, the athletic department director, I'm assuming that's what his title is. They come to the house and... Shep is hearing all about, you know, he reunites with the Palmers because they were old school chums together and swapped girlfriends or whatever they were doing. But they're talking about this new incredible musical number and Shep is asking questions about it and, and making recommendations to Fred about how the administration should proceed with the musical non-Shakespeare scenario. And he's like, well, why don't you just have them, uh, you know, work up some numbers and, and do like a test 
screening for you or whatever. So he fucks it up for for John. Basically, is what I'm saying is he he makes things more difficult in, a, in an already conservative university. You guys. So Don's all about it. Remember Don, the quarterback, who's also a talented singer and dancer and gymnast. He's like, hey, and let's go downstairs. They want to see a, a number. And so they do a number. And while this is happening, and again, I think we can cut this one out pretty safely. I don't know what, I have no idea what this is about. Cut it out. <laughs> oh, we don't, I mean, this is just, again, yet yeah, it's another unnecessary musical number that they're like, hey, let's show off a number from, from the musical yes. we're doing. Now, meanwhile, John gets very drunk. A couple things are happening here. John's getting very drunk because his wife's old college boyfriend is now in his house having drinks, being the life of the party, and Helen is clearly loving it as well. She's delighted to see him. Not in a sexy way, though. Not in an inappropriate way, but just uh, like, but oh, you're, we're old friends and it's nice to see you. I thought. The, the kids, quote unquote, all go off to the pep mm-hmm. rally. The, those two, Shep and What's-Her-Butt, wife, are left dancing but, in the living room, yep. Helen. And then, yeah, he, you know, then we've got Ronald Reagan getting sauced because he's upset about it. And then he's like, you guys go without me. And then he proceeds to get yes, really Yes, but before they even leave the house, though, Shep tries three times to mm-hmm. kiss his wife. Kiss her. His wife or Ronald Reagan's wife? Ronald Reagan's wife. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he goes in for the smooch three times before this rally even happens. And she's like, Shep, it's over. I'm like, no, please don't. Hey, everybody. Midroll Jay-Z here, breaking up the flow per use to let you guys know that what we need from you is a five-star review. That's right. Wherever you're listening to this right now. Yes, this stupid commercial, which, by the way, you don't have to listen to this. You can just fast forward like 30 seconds. They, They built it into the platform. But if you are listening to this, just go right now to wherever, you know, whichever Spotify or Apple Podcasts or CastBox, or Castos, or CastOffs. I mean, there are so many options out there for you to cast your pods. But wherever you do, please, just go there. Give us the five stars. It costs you nothing but, like, three seconds, which I will reimburse you for. Uh, I'm not sure how I will do that, but I will figure out a way. So please do that. And if you do, you know what? I'm going to thank you, just like I will right now. This is practice. Doesn't quite count. You got to go give us five stars first, but here's what it sounds like. Thank you. And now back to the show. So, yeah, John's feeling, having throwing himself a real pity party on the tails of this pep rally. And so he's like, yeah. I actually liked his drunk scene. He does a lot of drunk acting in this picture because, again, he, has, he gets loaded on codeine to start with. I guess he's okay. But also, like, we're just watching the star of this movie pretend to be drunk while the movie happens around him. I don't know. It's just, whose movie is this? Is it Angela's? Is it John's? Is it Helen and Shep's? Somebody tell me, for God's sake. Nobody. I guess so. Because we're throwing it out. It's that guy who was in the classroom wearing the fabulous sweater. (laughs) Maybe it's his story. Maybe. I don't know. Nobody knows. The, The short end to this particular scene even though it was a drunk Ronald Reagan scene, is the fact that nothing happens between Helen and Shep. Correct. Helen keeps right. drawing that line. Shep 
is still seen as a good guy somehow. Still an ally. This never really goes anywhere. He's still an ally. Um, and then we like immediately leave sort of the adult drama to the, the middle school, middle school, (laughs) the college students with, um, then we get the interplay between Ivy and Angela because Ivy has discovered while trying on one of Angela's costumes that she really was. Yeah. And that costume, really? They've just, they've just fought. Like yeah. to put this musical on because it's an ultra conservative college. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's one of the outfits. I mean, it looks very similar to what you would see like a Playboy yes, body wearing. Exactly. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Meanwhile, though, we've got guys some blackmail happening because Ivy, while she was trying on the burlesque outfit. Goes through Angela's private things. She's a real snake in the grass, this Ivy. And this is, again, at the pre-pep rally booze up. And she found uh, her scrapbook with some clippings about Hot Garter's Gertie and how she is just lighting up Broadway or 42nd and 9th. And so she takes this as a little insurance policy for herself because her master plan is, hey, I could tell everybody that you're just some hoe up there dropping it on Ninth Ave and ruin your reputation here forever at Midwestern State College, or or you give me the lead role, you can keep your credit as the writer of this lousy musical. I definitely do not want to take credit for that, but I want to be the star, and you're going to let me. And Angela's like, yeah, I guess I am, because you were and blackmailing me. Also, mm. you're going to leave a man alone. Oh, yeah, and Donny Boy's mine. Yeah, hands yeah. Off, get your filthy mitts off the board. I love Don. You can have Don. So there. You tell everybody that you're a dancer. Mm. Bit major stakes in 1952. So Don. And then from there, we just check in with Don. And Don. It's trying to be rocky. He is. Yeah, he's he's punching oh, that. God, punching that speed back. Now, yeah. now it all comes flooding um, back to Catherine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh. this this kind of. I was like, what's happening? Have I just so, actually? Am I like um, hallucinating like body, right now? Because yeah. it starts off with the note I have is awkward rope singing. Yes. Yeah. He starts on a rope and climbs his way down mm. and does some very nice uh, Cirque du Soleil esque moves to get back to the ground. Then he does a full um, gymnast routine, and then he's also shooting hoops as well. And now he's on the speed bag. He's singing and dancing the entire time. That's what we're we're leaving out here. But so this has no purpose. There's no plot no. point to this. This is make him laugh, though. As, like this is you know. right, right, right. But as like a musical, like filming and musical. I mean, he's he's quite the athlete. Oh, he's awesome. Dancer. It's a shame that this doesn't do he's anything. He's doing all this. Like, I mean, he's doing one thing to the next to the next and, like, then, like, shooting, like, a perfect basket, like, all in one shot. Yeah, I think that's it. It was kind of breathtaking, really, but it's either make something more with this, like, give it a better song. uh, Make it essential to the story somehow. Yeah, this is actually moving something on somehow. Um, Or just forget it. Yeah. Because it's a it's a real it's a right. waste I think it is because he's very talented I mean like I this actually won me over mm. for as much as I dislike 
numbers that don't move the story ahead. I was impressed by like, this guy's doing all this stuff and he's doing it in a one and mm-hmm. he's doing this the speed bag, like to the rhythm of the music and everything and hitting it like, yeah, yeah. And it's super it, impressive. It's all real. And yeah. It's not like uh, there's a stunt person in there. And right. I mean, he's like not even breaking a sweat. It's very, it's very like, and I don't know who choreographed this, but it's very Gene yes. Kelly mm-hmm. and like, we're, we're using you know, the environment. We're, we're using these yeah. in the environment around us. Exactly. Um, and he's great. This guy's a great dancer. He's a, obviously a superb athlete. Um, but it's unfortunate because it is, it's like a tour de force kind of number. And you're like, but why? Yeah, in the middle of this turdy movie, like towards the end right. too. So yeah, it's, it's a shame. I don't know. Like I'm loath to recommend you watch it. But also, if you end up watching it, there are worse ways to spend your time, I guess. So he's a talented man singing and dancing, doing all this sporty shit, right? Shrishma, no? Right. Didn't do anything for I you? Didn't, I didn't make it here. You didn't make it to this point. Oh, well. Maybe maybe <laughs> I will. Maybe you should watch it. <laughs> Let us know. Okay. So he sings about love forever at the gym. Angela wants to see him that night because she has news and so then we go to a place called Inspiration Point, which is also like makeout point, basically. Mm. And she confesses to Don about her burlesque career now that the black male is in the offing. Don is a true dude and is like, and the problem is, what now? Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't care. He's like, yeah, I, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Like, are you into me or what? Meanwhile, also at Inspiration Point is Ivy. And this... Uh, Hank Williams Sr., apparently, <laughs> she's with some very uh, uh, reedy man who is trying to put the moves on her, and she is so disgusted by all of it. Maybe not even so much him. He is just placeholder. Please drive me up to Inspiration Point. But she's definitely disgusted by Angela and Don and the fact that Don does not seem moved at all by this burlesque news. So huh, what's she going to do? Well, she's going to publish it. And so now it's all over campus and Fred Copeland, let's not forget him, head of athletics and the man with all the money. He threatens Palmer, Professor Palmer and the Dean. The Dean shows up for a a scene here that he's going to go over all their heads to the board. He's going to go to the board and he's going to see that Angela is removed from the school. And the Dean is sort of like, well, I don't think you're going to do. Don't worry about it. I don't think you're going to do that. And which is a very bold move for the dean. The dean is very ineffectual. He does nothing happens with the dean. We see him this one time, I believe. Anyway, Shep then stops by the Palmer House and he apologizes and suggests that John read Fred Copeland's speech before the campus. Ah, okay. So this is where Shep is sent as like an ambassador from the mm-hmm. Copeland camp of like, look, here, all you got to do is just apologize for allowing a, a, a whorish burlesque performer into the college and agreeing to her uh, every whim and just read this letter out loud. And then it's done. It's done, John. You're fine. You're fine. I'll run off with your wife and it's, it's fine. It's all fine. This is where we get to the speechifying hot garters. Gertie takes Midwest state. This is on the cover of uh, Midwest state daily mm. Illinois Midwest state in Saturday's Titanic. This is the college something. paper. This is the college paper. And they're acting like it's the goddamn times. Mm-hmm. 
The torso that's more so attends local college. Ex-showgirl oh, sets wow. campus on what? fire. The torso. Also, new library dedicated. Well, good for them. And then there's a gossip column as well. Okay. Anyway, this is where we get to... The end of the movie. We're very close. We're so close. This, Catherine, is what I thought yes, inspired yes, him yes, 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 to yeah. be present. Okay. He's yeah. standing mm-hmm. in the auditorium in front of blue and buff curtains with white pillars and tactical lighting and everybody's watching him and he talks about, I mean, like his words, just picture any patriotic rights, freedoms, liberties, words of the 50s and that's what he's saying them all. And he gives a big speech about how she has a right to flash her cans to the audience at Midwest State College and uh, who are we to say otherwise? He also cross-examines Angela right then and there about like how they know each other and everything. And like, and when did you see me the first time that we met since Lexington high school? And she's like, well, I believe it was here. And it's just odd that he singles her out so hardcore and like makes her answer these questions, but it, it straightens everything out for everybody. The whole town is here watching this unfold. So, well, I, I think it gave, it gave her a platform to say, Hey, you know, I am a girl without means and I couldn't have afforded college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is was always my dream. And um I mean she talked about how she worked in high yeah, school. Yeah, she worked in yeah. high school. She worked in the cafeteria, and then there was some like, kind of war effort thing or whatever. Uh mm-hmm. yes. Oh yeah, so she was she on the like USO like tour. USO. Yeah. So she they, yeah. they would go entertain the troops yeah, abroad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's taken her talents and used them for the war machine. Yeah. Um and <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, she came back and, uh, you know, carried on. Um, and, yeah, so I, I don't know. It, it, it's almost irrelevant what kind of how the money was earned. That's the point. Yeah. Well, and he does – Make a very valid point, which is everybody should have the right to this. Mm-hmm. You yes. should have the right yeah. to an education. education. Yes. If you can get here, we should we should give it to you. You have a right to education if you can afford it. Well, that's yes. still an issue today. Mm-hmm. And and everybody but everybody loves it. Everybody's cheering and they love Palmer again. It's great stuff. So Angela then decides to go to Copeland's office. Just to straighten everything out. And he refuses to see her when she shows up. Now, I did want to point out, this is Copeland in his office. It's not March, you guys. The noirs of March are over, even though we do have some nice uh, tactical lighting with the blinds and everything. But what I wanted to really focus on in his office is this green leather chair. Like uh, a real... With the smoking. Kelly Green leather chair with an attached like bronze ashtray Ashtray. system here. Fucking fantastic. Could not take my eyes off of that piece. Hint, hint. Mm -hmm. Moments to come. And then here's another view of it, by the way, in case you guys missed it. But boy, I really, really like this chair and its ashtray. It's a real nice piece. Anyway... Um, Fred Copeland's like, uh, oh, tell her I'm not here and, uh, I'm very busy and, uh, inimportant too. And he grabs his coat and hat and everything. Now Angela's outside. She can hear him, uh, blubbering his excuses. So she goes out to the door that he's about to leave through to avoid her. And it turns out that this is the same man who brought her the fur coat in New York city and was trying to seduce her at the hotel. And now 
my, how the turntables have dot, dot, dot. Because she now has the power of, oh. Because uh, she didn't give the coat. She couldn't give the coat back because he checked out. Yes. So right. she has She the still has it. Yes. Evidence. And she throws this in his face. I mean, and Justin, you were the only one that did not put two and two together. That this was the same person because every time you're like, oh my god, it's the same person, and they're like almost. I noticed paths. it the second time I watched it that it, uh, how how clever they actually do a bit of clever bit of blocking mm-hmm. of like he comes in and she's mm-hmm. leaving the room and everything. I saw it. Mm-hmm. I got there eventually. I look. I'm looking at a lot of important shit here, Carolyn. I, I mean, who else is going to call out that bread machine on the counter? That's that's what I'm here for. Skip over the plot for those little... <laughs> Your sensory knowledge, yeah. To to gather the plot of this movie, and I will focus on the objet in the back. I will focus on... All right, well, let's let's talk about the objet and get okay. to the end well, of Well, let's wrap it up. So anyway, they do a big musical number, and it sucks. Uh, it the end. really, she, she, really She sucks. worked her way through college. Blah, 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 yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. Can I just make a point? Because yeah, it was really, really annoying yeah. me. The, the highly inaccurate portrayal of Cleopatra. The entire timeline I mean, so I, it's just like, she's a bimbo. She got some tits. That's how she managed to get where she got. Actually, you are talking about one of the... Um, Savviest leaders. Absolutely. Pivotal one point of the most knowledgeable figures in history. Oh she spoke how many languages? Yes. It was horrific. I was... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. This is where I kind I'm of Talking about Caesar, Caesar's jealousy over Anthony... Yeah, exactly. Anthony. No, no, they say Anthony. His name is Anthony in this movie. I know. It's um, and, you know, again, it's like, uh, I'm sorry, uh, ultra-conservative college has allowed you to do a musical and you are wearing, you, you are doing these numbers and... <laughs> the I Madonna cornbread. They are pointy. Yeah. There's, there's some, they are pointy, yeah. And there's the legs and then there's other the, legs. This? I mean, there's. I mean, what <laughs> is that? Like, yes. Um, and then I think a little later on, I think a skirt gets ripped off for no yeah, reason. Yeah. And then she's in the shortest graduation gown of yeah. known to man. And that's that's it. That's her that's her star performance, and the and the movie is over, you guys. And that's how the movie ends. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it, it just ends with this horrific, oh. so, horrific. Let's do the business, yeah. guys. <laughs> let's let's get it done with. Catherine Shaw. Yeah. Yes. She's working her way through college, 1952. Do we keep watching this? Um, no. I mean, it was acceptable hangover watching mm-hmm. until this last bit. Okay. The absolute uselessness of the actual show itself. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it was, uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah. It, because it could have been an okay film. Right. It could have almost right. been a yes for me had it not been for the horrific musical numbers okay. and yeah mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. no i would agree with you there but trishman nike what do you think she's working her way through college it's 1952 she- it's ronald reagan it's hot gertie you want to keep watching it she should have worked harder <laughs> no hold on i will not be keeping this movie so th- is I that your watch- one-line review like at the end of the program <laughs> right. you finally okay now you know what happens okay um, I didn't watch it the first time. Yeah. I don't think there'll be a second attempt. Yeah, I think you are right there. I think you're fine. <laughs> Carolyn Nowrose, what do you think? We keep watching this thing? No. Okay. Not even for the dancing? You like dance? No. Okay. 
And it's the same for me. It's uh, this is a hard no for me. A clean sweep, guys. We did it again. Have you watched this movie before? No, okay. I hadn't seen it. Nope. Okay. Nope. Then I feel not as. You're bad. not hurting any feelings here. I mean, this was not. It was just seemed like a good. A lot of in, uh, key ingredients mm, leading up into uh, what will be favorites, one of our finest episodes favorites. ever. I mean, for the hmm. favorites of Aprils, yeah. So, okay, let's talk about next week. Real quick, showbiz continues, but we're getting out of this old world bullshit, Shrishma. Uh, no more burlesque, okay? No more it's Hollywood Star starlets, Wars. all right? Let's talk about... Star Wars? If only... We're going to watch a movie from 1956 that's called The Girl Can't Help It. Yo, mama. Starring Tommy Ewell, who we know from Seven Year Itch. Yes. He's the noodly man. Jane Mansfield and Edmund O'Brien. Let me- uh, It's like an all male cast over there. A gangster hires a down and out press agent to make his airheaded girlfriend a singing star. Directed by Frank Tashlin, who I referenced mm, a couple episodes ago, maybe, uh, who who comes from Looney Tunes. So this is, he's kind of inventing a new genre, which is like the rock and roll picture show. So this is like one of the originals. It's got Little Richard in it. So we're going to be rocking next week, you guys. Okay. Rock and roll. It's a new era. This is what's over the horizon. So this is it. It's happening. There's You'll at least get... A couple of good tunes in this one. Okay. So go check that out and we'll see you next week. Catherine, thank you so much for allowing us into the cat corner. My pleasure. Shrishma. Yes. Thanks so much for picking me up. You're welcome. <laughs> and bringing me to the best. cat corner. And also for your invaluable input. Thank you for watching the parts that you did. I did. I and tried. Carolyn, of course, you're the best in the biz. We'll catch you on the flip side. I will not throw it to myself in the future. Take it away, dude. Thank you so much me from the past well done i did catch it you threw it to me and i caught it so here we all are okay so please listener you let us know what you thought about she's working her way through college with ronald reagan write to us a party line at oldmovietimemachine.com uh you know this can be anything from a review of the movie to a review of reagan's uh administrative policies as president of the united states it's up to you let us know now next week we are going to be watching the girl can't help it uh, I love this movie. I would really love for you guys to watch it. Now, according to the interwebs, you can't stream it anywhere, but you can buy it, a physical copy. And also, technically, you can stream it. it the entire movie is on YouTube for free. Just go there and watch it. It's been posted for, according to YouTube's count, 10 years. So I think we're in good hands there. I think it'll still be there uh, in the next few days for you to get caught up. So watch that and then join us next Wednesday as we talk about the rock and roll classic on the next edition of That Show Biz right here on Old Movie Time Machine. <laughs>